welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. So it's good to have the children with us today. Um, as we start today's service, uh, I would love to, uh, to have us sit in on a horticultural lesson. Okay. Any green thumbs around the place? Yeah? Yeah? Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, Fee, would you be able to help me, please, and bring that very healthy-looking lemon tree, lemon plant up to the stage? Here we go. And Doris... Doris Kelso, where are you? Doris, okay, Doris, come up, please. Can I please have that microphone just there? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Grab the microphone. Can can you just help Doris up? Wonderful. Okay. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Doris. Doris, so... Just before the service, I, I, I showed Doris this plant that someone had uh, left for me yesterday. I gave her 10 seconds to have a look, and I told her that I'd get her up to give us uh, a bit of an overview of this tree. Now, Doris is not shy in coming forward with her views on certain things, uh, particularly as it pertains to plants. So, Doris, give us a bit of an overview of what you see here, uh, and just so everyone can see you, stand okay. nice and not too close to the edge, though, otherwise... I see that this tree needs some tender care. Say it again, my lady. There we go. I see that the tree needs some tender care. Um, It obviously hasn't had a lot of water to start with, but also needs feeding. It needs some blood and bone. Mm, And it also needs some magnesium. And it needs uh, this cut off. And if you get a knife and scrape these, you'll get the wasps out. The what? Wasps. What do you mean, wasps? Make these bulges on the, on the limbs and they, they lay the eggs in there and then if you scrape the outside edge, the babies die inside so they don't live. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> and you can use Hang a on. knife. A bit, a bit, this, has not been, this has you not been... You can use a knife or you can use a potato peeler. A potato peeler. Just open Hang on, talk to the microphone because I can hear you very clearly. <laughs> but I... Yes. So yeah, can, can I just it. ask you some questions before you preach another sermon? Yes. So, um, there are wasp eggs in here. Yes, there'll be wasp eggs in these lumps on your bush, on your tree. And what you need to do Sharon, is, is, that right? is, that is right? to get a, um, a sharp knife or a potato peeler and scrape the top off it, all of them. Okay. Well, and it'll let the, the um, babies die inside. But that definitely needs to be pruned. Pruned, out. okay. All right, so... Take that piece right out. So, just so you know, you may not see her uh, accusational eyes earlier to me. This is just, just, <laughs> just to let you, this is not my plant. This is not mine. So, all of those people that are judging me in their hearts yeah, right now. Oh, jeez, didn't even ask her. <laughs> Doris. Needs pruning, Let me just, okay, needs, needs pruning, Josh. Okay. Do you, do you need someone to help you there, Doris? Oh, oh gee. She's just about got it. Oh, jeez. Yes, so that, that's what it needs, is feeding, uh, looking after with some water every few days. It'll need some water. Oh, Don't look at... No, yeah. hang on. Hang on, hang on. 
All right. Okay. Definitely. Can I have the microphone back, please? <laughs> Can we put our hands together for Doris? Thank you. Thank you, Doris. We love you. Um, never stops making me happy, that lady. I tell you what, a wonderful asset to this family. And uh, can I just have this, uh, this removed? Interesting, a citrus plant. I actually have some healthy citrus plants at home, Doris, I'll have you know. I've got three of them. I've got an orange, a lime, and a lemon. Um, but I don't know too much about pruning. Thanks, Fee. I don't too know too much about pruning, but that's one of the first things that she said to me this morning, is oh, it needs to be pruned. And um, no, I'll leave it there. That's okay, mate. Thank you, though. An interesting thing when you talk to people like gardeners or horticulturalists, they know a thing or two on how to better take care of plants trees. All I want is the end product. I want it to look good. I want it to have a nice orange or a, or a lemon or a lime that I can use. But there are people, there are gardeners that know better than I do. Um, when I was a kid and I first learned about pruning at school, I thought it was actually quite a damaging thing for a plant. Why would you cut away a plant? Why would you trim it? Why would you do that? But it's actually advantageous for the plant in the long term that such a thing happens. Can you see where I'm going with this? Pull out your Bibles if you're with me and let's turn to John chapter 15. The, the Lord gave me this word uh, on my heart a week ago. Been sitting on it, being challenged by it and encouraged at the same time. I'm going to read from John chapter 15 in the New Living Translation today from verse 1 through to, I'll finish off at around about verse 17, but let's just paint the picture here. This is what we would, course, this is what we would call a, a final discourse of Jesus. This is before Jesus is going to die, before he's going to give his life up. He doesn't have his life taken from him, he gives it. He knows what's going to happen. And uh, so as he's likely walking and talking with his disciples, he's having a conversation with them and he's giving the last of his I am statements. You know, in John, we went through the gospel of John together and we noted some I am statements in John's gospel, seven of them. There was, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the final one here is, I am the true vine. Let's read together. He says this, Jesus says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they'll produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. 
For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples and this brings great glory to my Father. I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now are you my friends. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father has told me. You did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. That whole passage is a pretty uh, insightful one. I really only wanted to focus on the first 11 or 12 verses, but the last five um, does help us. Keep in mind that Jesus is encouraging his disciples in an hour that where they're going to need it. Not long after this, you'll see if you continue to read, he actually sets them up and he says, hey guys, the world is going to hate you. They're going to come against you. Troubles are going to come. But what preceded that? Bit of pruning, bit of remaining, bit of staying, enjoy the joy, love each other. That's what was so important that set up the disciples to hear what Jesus was about to say. He, in likely walking, talking, is giving reference to a grapevine and branches and grapes. The disciples would have seen along the way many grapes and grapevines. And so this would have been a familiar picture to them. How many people have seen grapevines before? You've been to the Swan Valley. Isn't it amazing? Now, I'm not a wine drinker. Any wine drinkers here? I'm not going to judge you in my heart, but you know, I'm an uncultured swine when it comes to wine. That I can tell you. I don't know too much about wine. All that I know is it, it, it can be a very highly sought after thing. In this day and in that particular age and in that uh, area, grapes were used very often, very frequently. And so Jesus pointing them, giving them a word picture. I'm going to show you some pictures from... Uh, the, the Swan Valley region, if you don't mind uh, uh, throwing them up. Look at that. Isn't that lovely? Look at those wineries there. That's at Sandalford, I think, that one there. Now, hang on. Just pause for a second. That's not, a, you know, that's Alison Pennegrass's house. That's Pastor Allison's house. She took that this morning for me. Isn't that amazing? She's got that growing. That's in her backyard. Next picture. Up close, I think. Look at that. Oh my giddy aunt, look at that. Next one, lovely. She has so many grapes you can't get rid of. Do you know, I've been there 
in uh, in winter time, not in summer. Summer's when uh, the grapes come and they bear fruit. In winter time, I haven't got a picture of it, but it's just it just looks like twigs and dry. <laughs> it's it's quite a picture for us. Jesus knew what he was doing when he's showing us this image of grapes and vines. There are going to be seasons in your life where it looks like no fruit is being produced. There's many things happening beneath the surface. It's just not the right season just yet. So never look at what's happening on the outside of your life and think nothing's going on, that your faith isn't working just because you don't see something happening on the surface. Doesn't mean work's not going on underneath. The same way it's important for us to not judge other people and say, I don't see any, see any fruit going on on the outside. You don't know what's going on on the inside. Jesus is a very clever cat. He knew what he was doing. So what he does here is he says, I am the vine, the true grapevine, in fact. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Have a guess what? People need pruning too. People need pruning too. We all need pruning. And Jesus is trying to give us some insight here. The father is the gardener and he's going to come just like Doris did and he's going to trim off some bits that need to be cut away. Anyone here this morning, you can own up to the fact that, look, you know what, I've probably got some dead branches that need to be cut off. Am I the, yes. I've got, I need the Lord to do some pruning. Who does the pruning? The Lord. You don't do it yourself. You do it yourself. You could hurt yourself. You've got to work with God on that. How many times have you tried to overcome an addiction or a sin or in your own strength? You're trying to prune yourself. You need God to help you. In the same vein, people in your family or your friends, you're not called to prune them. That's God's job. Let God do the pruning. Let God do the pruning. And it can be quite uncomfortable sometimes, can't it? When God prunes you. The ESV, another version, or the NRSV, another version, doesn't just use the word prune, it says clean. There is a, a similar root meaning, no pun intended with root, but an, the base word is similar with pruning and cleaning. And how does... Jesus do that through his teaching, through my word. That's why this is so important. Have you ever read this thing and it's like, oh, that hurts. That, that could very well be the Holy Spirit trying to cut off some dead branches. I get an amen and an ouch so often. Uh, in Luke, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Okay, so when I read a passage like that, I think, hang on a second, but my enemies are my enemy and I want to 
I've got to love them. Could that not be the Lord just pruning away, cut it away, bless your enemies, pray for those that persecute you? What about, what about the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5? Oh my goodness, there are so many amens and ouches in that, <laughs> in that sermon. Don't judge others. But I like judging others. I like judging them in my heart. My natural flesh wants to judge people in my heart. But when Jesus says, by his word, by his teachings, by his commands, don't judge, otherwise you'll be judged. That's an opportunity for pruning. What about, what about the one? <laughs> I've had to struggle with this one over the years. When someone slaps you on one side of the face, on one cheek, this is in Matthew, what does Jesus say to do? Well, I don't want to do that, Lord. Someone slapped me on the cheek. I want to punch him harder on the other side. It's an opportunity for pruning. What is the Holy Spirit revealing to you in this season to be handed over for pruning? It's not going to be easy. And it's usually the attitudes of the heart that are hardest to let Him deal with. Arrogance, conceit, deception, envy, fear, greed, hatred, idolatry, jealousy, lasciviousness, pride, strife, you name it. Whatever's beneath the surface, maybe the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the shoulder and He's saying, in this season, let me deal with that. Because the gardener wants to do some pruning. Why? So that more fruit can be produced. He goes on. Verse 4. Jesus says, remain in me and I'll remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Jesus says, yes, I am divine and you are debranches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do zippo. We can't do a thing if we're not plugged into Him. We can try. We can say, well, I can get stuff done. I can get results. I can work at things. Yeah, but what Jesus is saying is there is no fruit that remains unless it's in and with Him. Results is one thing. Fruit is another. And Jesus is saying, hey, like I am in you and you are in me. We're going to stay here. He's talking to His disciples. It's not something that they're not doing. They've just got to stay where they are. He's saying, remain in me. Another version says, abide in me. The beautiful message about Christianity, about the gospel of Christ, 
It's not the message that we have to do things, that we can work at things and get results to get God to smile upon us. The reality is, God has done all the heavy lifting for us, and we accept that gift of grace and say, thank you, we believe in that reality. And because of our faith, we access that grace. And of course, we know that uh, we are saved by faith alone, but our faith is never alone. When we have faith in Christ, stuff happens. Fruit is produced. Let's read on. Verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So I actually don't have the strength to make to produce my own fruit. This at one point, this, uh, this lemon branch at one point was healthy. It uh, either has or would have been well enough to produce some fruit. But what determines the fruitfulness of the branch is not the branch itself, but where it's connected, how it's rooted. So, our call is to be faithful and we let God be the fruitful one. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Faithfulness always comes, sorry, fruitfulness always comes from our faithfulness. If we really are faithful, the Holy Spirit produces fruit. The Holy Spirit, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Can I show the uh, diagram, please? Uh, of what Jesus is saying here. And here we see in John chapter 15 uh, a great illustration of how the Trinity works. The Father is the gardener. The Son is the vine. The Spirit produces the fruit. And we somehow get caught up into this Trinitarian relationship. It's really quite incredible how the Lord Jesus invites us into this eternal relationship and community of love. Jesus is the vine. You and I are the disciples. You and I, as the disciples, are the branches. And the Holy Spirit produces the fruit. Galatians 5 tells us about this fruit. Fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things, these fruit come from the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not wealth. It's not even health. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Is this microphone still on? I've got a couple of amens there, but... Why is it so often that we get caught into the world's way of assessing success and thinking that person must be a good Christian and well-rooted because... They've got, uh, they've got a lot of money in the bank. They've got good cars that they're driving. Or they've got lots of friends. Or <clears throat> they have lots of uh, uh, status in the community. That surely is a sign that God is with them. Well, not necessarily, my friends. 
Does God not bless you? He does those things. Of course he does. But my Bible teaches that you will tell if someone is set in Jesus through these highly relational values. They're all relational. They happen in the context of people and community, which means it's in the context of people and community that, that we're tested. How else can love ooze from us unless opportunities for hatred can come to the surface in the context of community? Or joy, unless there's an opportunity for misery to come up. Peace, at moments where we're struggling to be unsettled and restless. Patience, when people are just rubbing you up the wrong way and you've had enough. Was that too close to home for some of us? Kindness. When opportunities, we just want to be, just, no, I don't, I don't have any kindness left in the tank. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. The, the, these things that we talk about, what do they look like? What does that fruit look like? It looks like Jesus. Christ-likeness. So it doesn't matter what you're wearing, what you smell like, what your height is, what your age is, what your gender is, what your socioeconomic background, cultural background, ethnic background. It's irrelevant. I want to see, I want to see you look like Jesus. And you want to see me look like Jesus. Less of us and more of him. And what does he look like? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Romans 8, you know tells us that we were predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Which means there was a plan a long, 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 long time ago that for those of us that are His disciples, for those of us that are branched into the grapevine, the true grapevine, for those of us that are plugged in, God's purpose, eternal purpose, was always that we would become just like Jesus. That we would be conformed, that we would change, that we would be transformed to the image of Jesus himself. So we are becoming more and more like him. Less of me and more of you, Lord. The reality is there is a war going on within us between flesh and spirit. And sometimes there are parts of me that don't belong to Jesus and and they pop up and, and they upset people or they even upset myself. And I'm like, hey, Lord Jesus, please take the wheel. Can you? That's got to be put on the cross. Please help me deal with that. That unforgiveness, that bitterness, that resentment. It doesn't matter what right you think you have to be rude. It doesn't matter what right you think you have to get even with someone. Irrelevant. Let Jesus shine through you. Let the fruit be produced. Let parts of you be trimmed off because it's better to be trimmed off by Jesus than thrown away into the fire. Take your pick. So fruitfulness comes from faithfulness. The Holy Spirit's fruitfulness through us comes from our faithfulness to Him. That faithfulness is about remaining in Him, abiding in Him. And importantly, I wonder if sometimes Father looks warmly upon his children, and he says, Ah, oh, kids, I'm just, 
so over you striving and working so hard to do what you think is right to make me love you. I wonder if he's just so over us thinking that we can produce our own fruit. That's not our job to produce our own fruit. That's his job. Our job is to rest and depend on him. Think about this picture of the vine and the branches. This picture is of utter dependence. Utter dependence. It's more than just a shepherd and a sheep. It's more than just even a father and a son. Once the branch is, is removed or separate from the grapevine, it withers away, is useless, rendered ineffective. It just dies. I don't know about you, but I need him. I need him more than ever. I, 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 it's not just that I once needed him. I need him today. I need him more than ever. And the challenge for us, brothers and sisters, is that we become too clever for our own boots and too wise for our own boots that as we grow in our faith, we forget the simplicity and the beauty of the gospel that we are to love him and trust him like children, to have faith like little children. We don't outgrow or we don't graduate from this reality or this revelation. This is a revelation we must keep having. Mentioned last week about this. New Year's resolutions, have them. Have them. I want New Year's revelations. I need a fresh revelation of Jesus, a fresh one. He is my bread today. He is my daily bread. He is my manna. I need him today. What he did and what he provided and who he... How he showed himself to me yesterday it was great and I feed off that. But I tell you what, I want him afresh today. So people need pruning too. Fruitfulness come from faithfulness. Final point. This is God's invitation. Stay in love. Stay in love. Verse 9 says, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. That's what he's saying. Stay in love. When you obey my commandments, you, re you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way as I've loved you. So what did that love look like? What do you mean, Jesus? You, you want us to love you as you've loved us. Well, he gives us a bit of a clue. Verse 13, he says that he laid his down, he, he's laying his life down. That's what a friend looks like. He also refers to covenant friendship in that verse. And in the next verse, he talks about friendship. So Jesus calls us his friend. Let's see. Verse 15, Jesus declares to us, he communicates with us all that the Father reveals to him. The final thing, he says, I chose you, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit or fruit that remains. 
How did Jesus love us? So much. As the Father loved the Son, the Son has loved us. It was so important for Jesus to have the revelation, even before his public ministry, that the Father loved him incredibly and eternally. Remember when he was baptized? He heard a voice from heaven as the Spirit came down. What did the voice say? This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Or your version might say, whom I have great joy in. Jesus had the revelation that he was incredibly and eternally loved from his Father that propelled him to do what he did. Jesus having that revelation, knowing that revelation, then says, I love you that way. He then says to us, as you have received that love, now you go and give that love. Love each other the same way. Isn't that amazing? The Father loving the Son. Parents, we got... (laughs) We got parents with children. Uh, here's an exercise that I do with my children at home from time to time. Sometimes to bug them, but sometimes because they just need to receive. I say to them, come here, girls. I don't care that you're seven now. I don't care that you're nine now. I don't care that you're 11 now. I don't care you're 30, 40. I'm going to do this when you're old. You come here and sit on my lap. I wrap my arms around them and I smooch them all over their face. And I make sure my lips are wet with saliva on them so they know it's juicy. I say, no, receive my love. Receive your papa's love. You are a sponge and I am water. Soak it in, my friends. And I say it to them. I would prefer that they know, 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 that they know. No matter what, that their father loves them, even after they've been little terrors. And that as a father loves a child, how much more does your heavenly father love us? That no matter what, we've got to have that revelation. And to stay in love. More clearly, stay in His love. Then our joy can be complete. And whose joy is it? It's not just joy that He loves us. It's not joy that Jesus is with us. It's His joy. It's His joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I will have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. That's the very joy of Jesus. Because as we're plugged into Him... We don't just get him, we get the Jesus joy, baby. No matter what happens, we can dwell in that. So then as he reads on and he predicts persecution, he predicts affliction, he predicts trial and tribulation, they can still remember those words of Jesus. I'm, I'm in love. I'm in his love. No matter what. No matter what. As we finish today, I'm going to ask the musos to come. My question for you as a follow-up from last Sunday. What a great service we had together in Ellenbrook. What do you see in 2023? More clearly, who do you see? In 2023.
Do you see Jesus? Do you see him? I mean, do you really see him afresh? Don't look to man. Don't look in the mirror at yourself. Just see Jesus. He's for you. And here's an opportunity that Ben are going to lead us in a song. I would love for us just to spend a couple of minutes as we finish. Bathing in his love. Abiding in his love. Remaining in his love. What does that mean? What that means is this. Whatever you're feeling that might be getting in the way, whatever guilt or shame you have possibly piled on your own back this morning that you've brought into this year, whatever burden you feel you're still carrying, just, just if you can, imagine putting it at the feet of the cross, opening up your heart and saying, Lord, thank you for your love for me. I again affirm my remaining in you and in your love. I welcome any pruning that you have to do. As much as it hurts, I know that this produces fruit which gives you glory. It gives you honor. See, the benefit of the fruit is not just for you. You know that, don't you? It's to give Him glory, Bible tells us. And also, love is one of those fruits, shows the world that we belong to Him. So the fruit that is produced is a sign to the unbeliever in the world that there's something different and unique about those people. The people that they're worshipping, they sound and look just like. We're becoming little Christs in a sense. That's the Holy Spirit who wills and works within us for His good pleasure. Are we ready to wait on Him for just a minute or two? If you're comfortable, you can stand, you can sit, you can kneel if you want. We're just going to make a bit of space. We're going to invite Holy Spirit to do some work. Perhaps there's some dead branches that the Lord wants to uh, get rid of. He's saying, hey, you've got to let go of that, son. You've got to let go of that, daughter. You're trying your best to hold on to it. There's dead wood. Let it go. Let me take care of that for you. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's a literal leaving and cleaving moment. You're going to leave behind things that just, the Lord's saying, let me cut it off. And you're cleaving to Him in this season. If you're comfortable, why don't you stand up just now? Or you can kneel. Just get yourself comfortable. It's a holy moment. You can stand, you can kneel, you can sit, you can raise your hands. It's just an opportunity for the Lord right now to minister. Father, we come to You in Jesus' name. We come to you in the only name that matters. The most powerful name. The most holy name. The most beautiful name. The name of Jesus. And we ask for your spirit to speak to us. Are there parts of our hearts or our lives, Lord, that you're wanting to prune away? That we are trying desperately to cling on to? Lord, would you help us to, to put it at the feet of the cross, any weights, any burdens, anything hindering us. Help us to just bathe and bask in your love, your love for us. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.